Hello and welcome to the Caregivers Podcast, where we discuss all types of dementia and hopefully share some caregiver stories along the way. My name is Kimberly Scott. I am a part-time caregiver to my mother, who at the age of 65 was diagnosed with early onset dementia. And in 2019, I started the caregiver story in efforts to hopefully get people talking with their loved ones and having a tough conversation about the what if your loved one is diagnosed, then what? What's the plan? Because I really wish my mom and I had had that tough conversation before she was diagnosed. If you'd like to share your story and, or you have knowledge about dementia and want to be on the Caregiver Stories podcast, please visit thatkimberly.com to sign up for an interview. And while you're there, please pick the platform that you choose to prefer to listen to the podcast on and maybe even possibly rate the podcast. So now that I got that out of the way, I'd like to introduce my guest today, Marianne Campfee. Hi, Marianne. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. So give the listeners a little background about who you are and what led you to the work that you do today. Oh, thank you. I've written a book about caregiving called Dementia Dolls, A Daughter's Story, based on my experience. My experience with my parents, I'm an only child. Okay. My parents moved down to the shore to be near me in the year 2000. And two, my dad had fallen and was diagnosed with macular degeneration. My mom was in her mid-70s. My dad was in his mid-80s. I was thrown into the sandwich generation. Oh, wow. Caring for, yeah, caring for my two children and also being a chauffeur and friend to my parents who were living in a new area and only knew my aunt who lived in the area. Okay. So my dad passed away in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved my... Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. He was 95. Okay. Really. He was sharp witted. Okay. And I thought my mom was the same pretty much because she was caring for him in their apartment by herself. So that was their decision. I still think about it that maybe it was too much for her. As soon as my mom moved in with us a year later in 2014, she began losing her perspective on what should happen. Mm-hmm. What am I eating for breakfast? What clothes am I wearing today? Okay. That surprised me. Okay. She was always in charge. So we received a diagnosis of dementia after a hospital stay. She had fallen in our house and hadn't broken any bones, but was diagnosed with frontal lobe dementia. Okay. Before that occurred, when she was living with you, was she walking around the house and something that, that you weren't normally used to seeing her in? What caused you to take her? Was it just because she fell and you decided to take her in or was things before that? The thing that triggered the whole situation of her moving in with us was the fact that we visited her apartment one day with my daughter, Veronica, and my mom had her iron in the oven. Oh, okay. And so my daughter said, Grammy, what is your iron doing in the oven? And my mom said, where, where else would I put it? Okay. So we thought something is really off here. Yeah. And so we moved her in immediately after that. Mm-hmm. And that's when she began deferring to me, which was interesting. That was a real change of pace. Uh-huh. And her confusion, she knew who we were. She understood what needed to be done as far as, you know, going to the bathroom and things like that. But she was asking a whole lot of questions and her short-term memory was, was totally gone, yeah. we realized. Mm-hmm. So that was hard on us. It was hard on her. 
-hmm. And I think the best thing that happened to me was that I ran into a friend of mine who said, I'm getting my caregiver's license. And we brought her in part-time to give us a kind of a break. Yes. That was, that was huge. Yeah, definitely. With, you know, having someone live with you and becoming the parent, you know, child becoming the parent scenario is, is definitely a struggle all the way around because you're trying to do the right things for your loved one, especially your parents. And it's a 24 seven. So good for you for, you know, knowing to bring that person in to get a little bit of relief. Yes. And she was not only a caregiver, she became my mom's friend, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Yeah. My parents and I lived a very, I wouldn't say sheltered, but our friends were our family mm-hmm. very much as far as my parents went. My dad was not a social type. Mm-hmm. So for my mom to have a friend, this woman is my age, mm-hmm. for my mom to have a friend my age and connect with her on such a great level was really a gift. Yeah. Definitely. It took a while to find somebody that my mom really enjoyed being around, but they pal around like friends, sometimes a little bit too much, but as long mm-hmm. as I'm laughing, I'm happy. So what advice would you give, you know, someone who just learned that their loved one was diagnosed with dementia or, you know, they're having to become a caregiver? I think that my favorite Amazon review of my book said, Marianne and Josephine are perfectly imperfect, uh-huh. which is exactly the description for me of how my caregiving was and my mom would say the same thing. If things weren't going great, we admitted it and just sort of laughed about it. Yeah. There's no such thing as a perfect caregiver. There's no such thing as the perfect patient. Mm -hmm. You're far from it. You're dealing with a lot. Yeah. This dementia diagnosis is the biggest thing I've ever had to wrap my head around. Yeah. And yeah, it's overwhelming and you're both overwhelmed. So to say, well, we're just going to live together and we're going to work this out. It's really, really difficult. Yeah. So I think you're up for it, but don't put too much pressure on yourself is what I would say. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. I like the perfectly imperfect because Mm -hmm. nobody, especially in these situations is perfect and nobody knows everything. It's a constant evolution and you're constantly learning for sure. Did it take you a while? to come to that, to feel that comfort of knowing that you weren't perfect, this isn't the perfect situation, y'all are just gonna figure it out. It took me a while. Okay. It took me a very very long time. I remember taking walks around my neighborhood and just crying. Yeah. And not knowing. Yes, it's so hard because if the person has dementia, they can answer you when you ask, is everything okay, are you okay? Yes, everything's fine, but you somehow don't trust that. Mm-hmm. Because if they're forgetting other things, are they in touch with how they're feeling? Yeah. But I think the biggest thing that happened to me was that my mom told me, You're doing a really good job. Oh, and awesome. it was when, yeah, she was in a lucid moment because she, she had on and off some lucid moments. She said, You're doing a great job. And that meant the world to me. Not everybody gets that from their yeah. parent or their patient. So I was very fortunate to have that. And sometimes you have to tell yourself at the end of the day, I've done the very best I can. Yeah, absolutely. And it's my elderly aunt who's in her 90s said to me, if you have to take care of yourself as a caregiver, because if something happens to you, the whole house of cards goes down. Absolutely. So I gave myself time away from the house. Mm -hmm. I gave myself 
little treats. I mean, not huge things. I certainly couldn't take a trip to Europe. Yeah. But just running to the CVS and buying a nail polish, it sounds so stupid. No, but just little things, little things to keep me going. Absolutely. A break. Just some some time to yourself to be able to recoup because I had to learn that same thing. And I preach, I tell people all the time that when their loved ones get diagnosed that, you know, make sure you take care of yourself first so you can take care of them because otherwise you're not going to be able to do it. Nobody has that superpower, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we, we set off on the journey thinking so, but it's more realistic to say, you know, to give yourself rest. So then that way you can take care of your loved one. What is, I always say one thing, but what is something that you would want people to know when it comes to dementia? That every case is different. Mm-hmm. Every single case is different. And you, you really can't compare your experience with somebody else's. I think that what I came up with when my mom was diagnosed and moved in with me, a lot of people have opinions oh, yeah. about what you should do. Uh-huh. And in some cases, these people have never been in your situation. Yeah. I think that like circle the wagons, have a few trusted friends that you can tell everything to. And I wouldn't rely so much on the advice of acquaintances or a friend of a friend. I was sort of closed off to that. And I think that helped preserve my sanity if I ran into someone I didn't know very well Mm -hmm. and they asked how everything was, I would say fine. Mm -hmm. Because if you say my mom is living with me and she has dementia, a lot of times they would just say the wrong thing unknowingly. Yeah. Yeah. So I have very trusted friends that I would confide everything to and I would get their advice. I didn't always take it, but I felt validated. So my advice would be share what's happening only with people you know will validate you. Mm -hmm. It might cause you to lose friendships. It might cause you to lose some social ties, but in the end, it's sort of worth it. Yeah. Because when all was said and done, I didn't really miss those relationships that much. Mm -hmm. So that's my advice is just very few trusted people should Mm -hmm. be in your circle. And I know that sounds really... Well, it's whatever, whatever works for you. That's absolutely that's your bottom line. And that's what works for you. You hit the nail on the head that, you know, everybody has an opinion. You know, when I told people I wasn't moving home, the doctor said not to move her to where I live because I live in Dallas. She lives in El Paso, but she did not want me to move home. She's always been very adamant about me. You know, it was almost this pride joy to say that her daughter lives somewhere else doing other things, you know, and so- it was not something that was going to happen overnight. Now I go every month, you know, I split my time and, you know, give the caregiver relief and my stepdad, but because she goes to my stepdad's on the weekends, but it's definitely something that everybody had opinion on and you've got to do what's right. You got to do what's going to help you take care of yourself first. so You can take care of that other person. That's absolutely right. And if your mom says you're a good daughter, guess what? You're a good daughter. (laughs) That's the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely a process that we all in our own ways have to figure out, but having, you know, confiding in those you trust is great advice. And, you know, if it's many or if it's a few, it doesn't matter. Just getting the validation, like you said, and having that that ear or the shoulder to lean on is definitely helpful in your overall psyche. (laughs) Absolutely. So what's something that surprised you about being a caregiver? I think the fact that my mom and I became so much closer 
mm. that this was a chance for us to bond in a different way. Mm -hmm. My mom reached back into her memory and told me so many interesting stories. We discussed so many things very honestly. Mm -hmm. And it just brought us to a different level of understanding each other. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that I was so bad at it was sort of a surprise. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think I had high expectations when my mom moved in. Okay. Okay. I would... <laughs> Why would you say that? But okay. <laughs> I wasn't the person I expected to be. I wasn't as self-sacrificing. Uh -huh. We did fine. Mm -hmm. But I think that I'm not a natural like nurturer. And some people are. Yeah. And God bless them. That's fabulous. Mm -hmm. I was more of the person who made my mom laugh and had fun with her. Like my husband would come home and say, look at your mom's food, the, the way you piled it on her plate. <laughs> and I, would, I wasn't thinking of making her as comfortable as possible is what I'm saying. Or, you know, he would say, put a blanket on her. Can't you see she's cold? Uh -huh. I, my mind just, I had to arrange my mind to work that way. Mm -hmm. I, I improved, but I guess what I'm saying is we just made it work as we went along. I think that being a non-nurturer and being thrown into this role is what made it very interesting for me and probably entertaining for others. Yeah. And, and even if you're not the person who takes care of everybody, you can take care of your parent. The love is there. The care is there. The understanding is there. Absolutely. I always say, you know, my mother brought me into this world, so I want to make sure she goes out with as much grace and dignity and love as humanly possible because she gave me and my siblings that as children, you know, so, and, and good for you for taking it on as a only child. That's definitely something that another thing I tell people is, you know, God gives you children because one of them is going to take care of you. So one of these days, yes, <laughs> yes, for you to be able to step up and you know, do the things you have done for her and, and your father. That's, you know, awesome. And, you know, I applaud you because it is a labor of love, especially from the child, you know, on any standpoint, but to take care of a loved one, it is something that is a labor of love that is at the time, the hardest thing you'll ever do, but then the most, you know, joyful and rewarding thing at the same time. Absolutely. It's, it's a monumental task. Mm -hmm. I was lucky that when my mom moved in, my husband was so supportive that's he awesome. loves my mom. He's known her since he's 20 years old. He was great. My children were older. They were fabulous about it. And, you know, when you talk about taking care of both my parents, I still remember a visit to a doctor's office. My dad was alive. The doctor was wonderful. Her receptionist I knew for years. I was taking my parents for their flu shot. Meanwhile, I had managed, I think, to get the flu. Oh. I was feeling very, very drained. But who else was going to bring them to the doctor to get this shot? So I brought my parents to the office and I seated them in the waiting room. And the receptionist said, your parents look great, but you look really bad. And I actually thanked her for noticing uh -huh. because it really does become all about the elderly folks. And when you're the caregiver, you do kind of become invisible. Yeah. And, and that's even to yourself, <laughs> even to yourself. Yeah, yeah. and that's okay, but you just have to remember that you're there. Yeah. And one thing I always did with my parents 
is that we always had a cup of coffee at the Dunkin' Donuts after a doctor's visit. Mm -hmm. And I think really it sounded like a very trite thing, but it was something we looked forward to. Mm -hmm. It was a way to reconnect. It was a way to just take a breather. Yeah. And it gave my dad a chance to pull out his wallet and say, I'm treating you to a cup of coffee. Uh And I still pass the Dunkin' Donuts and I'm still a loyal Dunkin' Donuts customer because of those happy, happy memories. Yeah. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. it gave him that, you know, prideful moment, like you said, to pull out his wallet and say, I got it. I'm taking, mm-hmm. that. you know, you take care of me during the day you know, all the time or us. And I want to do this for you. Absolutely. That's so sweet. So tell folks a little bit about your book and how they can get in touch with you, you know, if they want to learn more. Yes. My book is called Dementia Dolls, A Daughter's Story. It's available on Amazon. It's available for my publisher, which is We Do Publishing, W-I-D-O. Mm-hmm. And you can also visit my website, www.elderskelter.net, or you can email me. My email is m-a-k-a-m-p-f-e at aol.com. The reason I say email is I do have copies of my book, and I will gladly sign one Okay, if you would like one. I think the important part about my book, it does cover my mother's placement in a nursing home, okay. which I think is a very important aspect of this entire journey. How did you come up with Dementia Dolls as the name? It's twofold. For some reason, I got into grunge rock when my mom was living with me. Don't ask me how or why. Okay. It just spoke to me. Yeah. And I listened to the song Doll Parts by Hole. Okay. And I had just left the house. My husband was with my mom. I took a drive. And in that song, it says, someday you will ache like I ache. And I had to pull over to the side of the road and cry. Because that's what elderly are telling us. Yeah. You're going to be here. Yeah. And I just thought Dementia Dolls, that's the name of my book. So it's an ode to Courtney Love. Uh And that song, which I think is a great song, but it also harkens back to a story where my mom had her doll taken away from her on a Christmas day. Uh It's something she never forgot. Uh But despite that, my mom cared for her own mother in a beautiful, beautiful way. And I was a witness to that. So it's a multifold Uh thing. And people still say, my mom is so beautiful. They say she looks like a doll. which is another part of it. She's just beautiful inside and out. I'm so darn proud of her. That's awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. I bet she is just as proud of you as well. And you should be just as proud as yourself as well for being that daughter that's stepping up to take care of, you know, her parents. Thank you. you Thank you. I love the name. Definitely. And I love the story of how it came to be. That's, that's pretty cool. When you know, you just know, right? Absolutely. You just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Marianne. I do appreciate you joining me today and sharing your story. For the tribe of listeners, thank you for listening. And if you know somebody who could use Marianne's story, please share this episode. And if you, again, would be so kind to rate this podcast whenever you're listening to it, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, YouTube, Amazon, Alexa, I appreciate all the feedback. And to the caregivers listening, take care of yourself so you can continue to take care of others. And in the words of my friend, Dottie Gandhi, you have my undying love gratitude and admiration. And my final words again are, if you haven't had that tough conversation with your family members, please, please, please have that conversation because tomorrow is promised to no one. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you so much.